Which Baltimore Ravens players need to step up as 2022 preseason continues? We talk about that and more of the very special guests next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back here with another episode of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostrecker of Ravens. Why are we here on the Locked on Podcast Network? Your team every day. And thank you so much for making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And we're back, a Thursday edition episode. And I'm pumped for this one. We, we have a very special guest returning to the show. And Bobby Trosses himself from Ravens Vault. Bobby, I'm excited to have you back. We have a lot to cover, a lot to dive into. How you doing? Absolutely, man. A lot's changed since we last caught up on the channel and in both of our lives and uh, looking forward to diving into what we both know is just a ton of information like three weeks out from the start of the season. And I think, you know, I speak for a lot of Ravens Twitter and beyond that we just need to get to the season because at this point, I think we all have to sink our teeth into some content that's a little bit more relevant to actual regular season stuff and, and more meaningful stuff. So Looking forward to it, man. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. We, we kind of, the offseason felt a little long. It also felt like it didn't even happen at all. It felt so short. But we finally have training camp, the preseason. Baltimore wrapping up their open training camp practices yesterday. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, Bobby, there was a former Ravens wide receiver making some headlines on Ravens Twitter yesterday in Marquise Brown, who talked at a, at a press conference to the Arizona media and talked a bit about his former team in Baltimore. And I'll read out the quote here and just part of it, because I th you posted the full quote on Twitter, and that was a very good thing. But the part here in text, I want to feel like I'm a part of something to win. At the Ravens, I just felt like sometimes they didn't really need me, regardless of if I was there or not. They were going to win games. I love this game too much. I want to be involved. And there was more to it a little bit. He was very complimentary of the franchise. I think that that kind of went under the radar. But, I mean, what do you make of these comments? Because we did hear the fact that he just wanted to get out of Baltimore. He wanted some type of a role. But, again, he was pretty well utilized in Baltimore during his time there in terms of targets last year. There's a couple things to unpack here, Kevin, right? Like, first and foremost, I don't see a huge problem with this whatsoever, right? I think so often, and this is really comes down to the bottom of, of why I posted the full clip, context is everything, right? So when you see a quote, specifically the quote that you just referenced, but you don't hear and see the initial part of the exchange with the reporter sort of talking about um, how, yeah, there was a good, it was a good fit at one point, and he really enjoyed his time with the Ravens. That doesn't tell the whole story. So I wanted to make sure that that full one-minute clip or 45-second clip was posted first and foremost. Um, look, I, I know a good portion of the Ravens fan base that are dragging him for these latest com these latest rounds of, of comments pointing are pointing to the um, targets that you just alluded to from 2021, 100, 146, if if it um, if I remember correctly, which was top 10 in the league uh, among all wide receivers for 2021. But to me, that those numbers are a little skewed, and I think that there's actually a case to be made that that's an outlier based on what happened with this offense in 2021 based on the limitations that were placed on the running back room with no Dobbins, with no Hill, with no Edwards. And um, 
I, I think that led to Greg Roman being more pass heavy. We haven't even talked about the fact that Lamar was unavailable down the stretch and they needed to become sort of a more pass heavy team for both of those reasons. So um, I, I think we need to keep that in mind when, when we talk about the whole targets thing, but to me, it's getting a little stale uh, ripping Marquise, if I'm being honest. And, and I was one of his biggest critics during his time here. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of how he handled himself. Um, I wouldn't say off the field because he didn't have any issues until this offseason in Arizona with that whole criminal speeding thing, uh, which he didn't seem all that remorseful about, by the way, his most recent media availability. But that's a conversation for another time. I think it's starting to get stale. I think it's water under the bridge at this point. And that's kind of what I alluded to off the top, Kevin, that it's time to get back to the season because content like this being almost like recycled, not doing it for me. And you mentioned a really, really key point there. And the fact that, look, in 2019 and 2020, Baltimore had the least amount of pass attempts in the NFL both of those seasons. You mentioned what did happen with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. That number jumped into the top 10 in 2021 in pass attempts. So they did have to become a more pass-heavy offense just because they lost all their guys at the position. Obviously, Mark Ingram left in free agency as well. You're, you're bringing in guys like Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell, like, days before the season starts they have to get caught up with the offense the mesh point was a thing they had to get uh, really caught up with, with Lamar Jackson so a lot of stuff that goes into it definitely but I know Bobby let's, let's get to the, the Ravens the current Ravens on this team now with, without the the Marquise Brown part of this because you have a practice on Wednesday that we saw some stars in now the defense definitely seemed to get the better of the offense in practice by all accounts but we saw one player who I think people have been wondering you know where is he where is he in Marcus Williams now Williams had three interceptions in practice he's a player that gives him that single high presence I mean how excited and how encouraged are you about Marcus Williams and his role this year on this team yeah it's one of those underrated I guess overlooked topics of this offseason right because he's not sort of your flashy up in your face kind of guy to me he was the splash signing in free agency that everybody wanted I shouldn't say everybody wanted because nobody was ever really talking about acquiring Marcus Williams but in terms of the money that was spent and the the caliber the 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 caliber player who was brought into Baltimore as a result i think that's what the fans have been clamoring for and you know all of a sudden you're looking at a secondary that while it was in, extremely depleted last season for a number of reasons in the injury category it's probably their deepest uh, most lethal group at this point entering the 2022 season so you know, not only the importance of having a vet um, like like Marcus around for a rookie like Kyle Hamilton, but also the experience and the versatility and the flexibility that he gives, you know, Mike McDonald in this defense, I think it absolutely has to be discussed. It has to be touched upon and it has to be acknowledged. You know, he is he's going to be a problem. He's a ball hawk type of safety. And I'm not comparing him to Ed Reed, but since Ed Reed was in Baltimore. I'm not sure they've had a safety as rangy as Marcus Williams, as experienced as as he is, and just how much of a ball hawk he truly is. So I think it really it bodes well for a group that uh, it hopes to be a no-fly zone again this year.
Yeah, I think the the only other safety you could put in that conversation was Earl Thomas during his one season in Baltimore. On the field, I mean, he was great. Off the field, again, a, a different conversation. But I think for that Earl Thomas range, Ed Reed type range, you're looking for that type player that the Ravens, again, they didn't really have. Their, their free safety over the past couple of years was Deshaun Elliott, who was a strong safety by trade. And again, he performed, I think all things considered, performed pretty well overall. But he just didn't have that single high ability that Marcus Williams had. So I, I'm very excited for what he can bring to the table but Bobby, we've seen a couple rookies go out with injuries during the course of training camp Tyler Linderbaum John Harbaugh said could potentially return on Friday that's great news off of his foot injury but then you have guys like Daniel Falele, Jalen Armour Davis I mean what have your impressions been not only these guys that have been injured and kind of kind of exited early during training camp but also you mentioned the Kyle Hamilton of the world Travis Jones has played really well what have you thought of this rookie yeah. class so far well, first and foremost, it's great knock on wood. And I literally have wood in front of me. So I'm going to do that right now that at this point, as we currently tape this, you know, there hasn't been something as significant as um, Rashad Bateman's groin setback that he suffered before his rookie season that caused him to miss what a third of, of his first year. So, you know, that's great news because it sure seems like although Tyler Linderbaum is down for one to two weeks, with that sort of flared up Liz Frank injury from college that he, I think he dealt with it at Iowa. Um, that That's okay. He can come back from that. He can still be the starter week one, September 11th in the Meadowlands. And so I'm not over here giving that too much worry, uh, especially because of how many options they have at the center position. I mean, we just heard from Ben Powers this week about how he's even comfortable. If, if, if it were to get to that point, right, Kevin, I don't think it would. I mean, I would think Patrick McCary is going to be your backup. And if not Tristan Cologne, who performed admirably over the last couple of years and when, when his number was called due to COVID situations and injury situations. Um, so I'm, I'm not too worried in, in that department whatsoever, but you know, look, I, I think right now, if we're talking rookies who have stood, you know, stood out the most, sure. Travis Jones has to be in that conversation and, and Kyle Hamilton because of, you know, just his draft status and all the potential and the upside that in the world that he brings to the table, they're they're in that conversation. But let's let's face it here. It's been the Isaiah Likely show. And based on what his teammates are saying, based on what his coaches are saying, and based on what he's straight up putting on tape through one preseason game as as we sit here, the dude looks like he's gonna be an immediate impact guy in this offense. And as we know, tight ends can have that potential in this offense. Yeah, it's unbelievable the fact that, again, they've been so good at finding this tight end talent. And they take multiple swings. We've seen them do it many different times with Dennis Pitta and Ed Dixon. And then obviously Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Now you have Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely. They have done it, and they have found success doing that, which I'm very, very excited about. We're going to head into our first break here, though, on Lockdown Ravens. Coming up, we're going to talk about some players that need to step up as the preseason continues here for the Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about LinkedIn. And as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. I've used LinkedIn for a lot of different things. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that your hiring server network can help you find the right people to hire. They have simple tools you can use, such as screening questions, to make it easier to focus 
focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here with our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still here with Bobby Truss of Ravens Vault. And Bobby, there are all these players that we've heard, you know, standouts of training camp, standouts of training camp. But there are also some players that I feel like we just haven't heard a lot from, didn't really see a ton of from the first preseason game. And, and I want to get it, you know, off my chest here. I'm not trying to rag on these guys or flame these guys or anything of that sort. But in the, in this game and in, in the way that roster construction works, you know, if you don't step up and do your job, someone else might and might take that job from you. So there are a couple of players that are on my mind in terms of who I'd like to see a bit more out of here because they all have talent. Every single player on this roster has talent. But let's start on offense, Bobby. Are there any offensive players you just want to see more from or hear from as the preseason and practice continues? Yeah, we talked about it before we came on the air. And, and while it's difficult to kind of call him out right now because he is down with you know, somewhat of a minor ankle sprain. How can you not mention Tylen Wallace? Because before the ankle injury was sustained during the preseason game, to your point, he was one of the players we hadn't heard much from who wasn't all that active or involved or, or popping throughout the early weeks of camp. And as we know, there's a wide open wide receiver room right now after Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. I mean, it's straight up wide open. And it sure looks like there's going to be at least one undrafted rookie who makes a case to be the fourth or fifth guy in the wide receiver room. So, you know, Tylen is a guy who, you know, second player out of Oklahoma State has not had a chance to, you know, show much over his first couple of years in the league. And now it feels like the opportunity. It's wide open. It remains to be seen whether or not the Ravens will kind of pluck whoever's left on the open market right now when it comes to veteran free agents. You know, will Fuller comes to mind, Odell Beckham Jr., who probably wouldn't be available uh, until midway through the season. Uh, but again, that aside, the door's open. And unfortunately, I don't think Tylen's closed that door. Yeah, and it, it bears me to my next point here because there are just so many talented guys in that room, not necessarily a ton of experience, but we saw Shamar Bridges step up. We saw yeah. Makai Polk step up. We'll talk about some of those guys who we want to see continue to step up in the final segment. But Bobby, there was, for me, I was pretty dead set on the fact that Baltimore was only going to keep five wide receivers. And there was no way you were changing my mind about that. But now that door might be a little bit open for me. I might say, hey, look, if there's a guy who th they think might not be able to make it, to the practice squad? Do they keep six guys? I mean, do you feel like this is a five-man race in the wide receiver room in terms of guys, or do you think they could potentially keep six with what we've seen so far? I'd be pretty surprised if it was six, honestly, Kevin. I mean, it just seems like there's going to be a hard stop there at five just based on the way this offensive scheme is put together, as we know, and 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 clearly what they did in the offseason. They made it very clear. They tipped their hand in the offseason by drafting the tight ends. Uh, that they did and that you already mentioned and and the fact that they really want to, and I don't even think they've really shot away from this whatsoever based on some Greg Roman comments recently that yeah they want to return to what they did in 2019 now that meant never that those numbers and that record and just what they accomplished as a team as an offense that season may never be touched again and for good reason because it was historic but if you can get back to a certain percentage of that from a rushing standpoint, from a tight ends production standpoint, from a, a Lamar Jackson 
um, overall just playmaking standpoint and, and protection standpoint, especially right on the offensive line, which they obviously took care of this offseason and free agency and in the draft, then I think you're talking. So, yeah, I'm not sure if the wide receiver room has enough um, just based on you know schematics. Right, and it comes down to even like if you're talking about the quarterback position, Anthony Brown played well in that first preseason game, but can Baltimore really afford to keep three quarterbacks on their roster? Right now, I don't really see that. I feel like you would want to have F.B. Brown be that third-string practice squad quarterback, which is the ideal role for him. But yeah, I think it's like 95% for me, five wide receivers. Maybe that like 5% chance maybe slips in there for six, but I, I still think it's probably going to be five overall. But Bobby, there's another guy I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, and that is someone you mentioned in Ben Powers. Now, we've, we've heard the competition is going to be really good for this left guard spot. Obviously, Tyree Phillips, Ben Cleveland in there as well. But I mean, what are your thoughts on Ben Powers? Because he's been kind of, it feels like almost, even though he's named as a starter right now, the depth chart, it feels like he's almost being a bit overlooked in this competition right now. Probably, which is funny because he started double digit games at that exact position in 2021. So you would think that he'd be the shoe in, he'd be the favorite. But I was watching the, his press conference this week on YouTube, and maybe this has more to do about the lack of visibility when it comes to offensive linemen. But I saw comments coming in like, yo, who is this guy? Which knows this disrespect to Ben, but you know, the fan base doesn't, isn't all that familiar with him for whatever reason. So, um, you know, to me, he is your favorite right now. Obviously, I know the coaching staff thinks the world of Tyree Phillips. He's put together some solid tape over the years at the guard position. We learned last year that tackle is probably not in his long-term future in the NFL, and he's better suited to be the guard. That said, uh, Ben Cleveland's the sexy fan pick within the flock, right? I mean, he is big country. He's the guy out of Georgia that everybody was so high on uh, coming out last year. But Based on really lack of availability, lack of consistency in the strength and conditioning department, being that he did, uh, it, it took him several times to pass the conditioning test, which, okay, maybe that says more about Harbaugh's, dis <laughs> the intensity at which Harbaugh puts together uh, said test more so than where Ben is right now in his development. But nonetheless, he wasn't available. And I think that really took him out of the running, even though he put together some good tape and some solid pancake blocks and that preseason opener, I don't think at this point he has enough time. Sure, we're still what as we as we sit here, we're still three weeks out from you know the start of the regular season. But it just seems as if Ben Powers put him has put himself in that competition, and I think it's a two man race right now between Phillips and Powers. Yeah, and the people he'll be blocking for, whoever wins that job, that really talented running back room. Now, one player I know, if you look at the pure box score stats, Bobby, Tyler Beatty's night was not amazing by all accounts. He ended up actually leading the team in carries with six of them, but only had 19 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. And like, I'm not I'm not going to rag on Tyler Beatty. It was his first preseason game in the NFL. There were some miscommunications up front at the line also, but felt like there were guys who just like didn't start when the ball was snapped. But I mean, is that a player you want to see a bit more out of? Because we've heard good things in training camp, but I, I just want, I want to see that in the games, you know? Yeah, I mean, he has to be somebody that I want to see more out of because there's a good chance, Kevin, that if Mike Davis doesn't make this team, which he very well could, but I don't know. Dobbins is the clear number one guy if if he's available, which he should be. And it doesn't seem as if there's going to be any setbacks. They're being really careful with him in this ramp up process. But let's say Dobbins is the number one guy for the 11th. Um, you would think the rest of that room, based on what we know about Gus Edwards not being ready and listed as questionable, which should be doubtful at this point if it's not already for week one, you would think the RB2 would be between, um, I guess, Beatty and Hill 
with Davis potentially anchoring out that room as the third. So, yeah, I mean, he's got to be in the conversation. He's got to flash more if he wants to make this team. I mean, they used sixth-round draft capital on him, so you would think he has a good shot and the more fresh legs than a guy like Mike Davis, who's got a lot of experience but has been unavailable from an injury standpoint in recent years. So, to me, I think your starting lineup um, come week one is Dobbins one, Hill two, and Beatty three. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting because I think Davis, like he's a player that you talk about the Ravens brought him in. He, I think, played pretty well in week one against the Titans. So if you have, let's say Gus Edwards has to start the year on the PUP list, then you're probably keeping four backs. And I think those four backs are probably J.K. Dobbins, then Mike Davis, and Tyler Beatty, and Justice Hill. I think we'll talk about Hill in the third segment. He impressed me a ton during that Tennessee game. He was great. But for Beatty, you're right. This like The Ravens and the Eric DaCosta era compared to Isaac Newsom, they have not been shy about cutting draft picks You know, a year out or something like that, where in, in the Ozzie Newsom era, it was kind of like, hey, we're going to stick with this guy. We're going to see if he can figure it out. And then he'll be a little bit, you know, maybe we don't really have it here. We're going to move on. But yeah, I think for me, the top four, if Gus Edwards does have to miss some time early on, or is Dobbins, Davis, Beatty, and Hill. But I think those snaps, we've seen Baltimore kind of trust their veterans over rookies outside of maybe like big top drafts. So like Kyle Hamilton's going to play, right? But maybe a guy like a Tyler Bay doesn't have a huge role early on because they want to trust a Mike Davis in that veteran role or a Justice Hill in that veteran role, depending. So we'll see what ends up happening there. It's really interesting. But Bobby, moving over to defense, one player that has not gotten the most positive reviews, I would say, is Kyle Fuller, someone who they brought in to really be that third cornerback and a guy who can play inside and outside, but that's a player I definitely want to see step up because right now we haven't really seen a, a ton of positive returns so far. Yeah, and by the way, before we dive into this too, you, you just made, you reminded me of the Tyson Williams situation last year, right? Like he was sort of in Beatty's position, but they went and got two guys off the street who were available in Freeman and Murray. So yeah, maybe that is the case. Maybe they do end up sort of going with what's reliable, what's familiar, and Mike Davis and Beatty kind of becomes a reserve back with Hill being RB3, Davis RB2, and obviously Dobbins being your front runner. But anyway, yeah, Kyle Fuller, uh, look, man, he's struggled these last couple of years. And I think, yeah, he's a Baltimore native, and it's a kind of a feel-good story to have him back. And, you know, it's his first year of the team, but he's he's from the area. So, yeah, that's all cool. That's all well and cool. But I don't know, man. He, he has not flashed. He doesn't have exactly the the burst that he once did. Uh, from from my estimation, based on some tape that I've watched and seen, and it's also a packed cornerback room. Assuming that you know Marcus Peters is going to be ready to go, and we know Marlon's going to be ripping and roaring out there, and we also know that Brandon Stevens is coming off really what I, I think one of the unsung guys in 2021 because of all those injuries. And I know he played a little bit of safety as well, and he's extremely versatile in that secondary. But that's a guy who earned playing time last year, and I would expect him to do the same this year as well. And and it's, it's a young group is, is what I'm getting at, you know, Kevin. And I feel like go back to those fresh legs. Like I, I think he might just get beat out by the young talent. And then obviously already the, the shoe ins in, in Marcus and Marlon, who are your surefire starters, obviously. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think this is a situation where Kyle Fuller necessarily gets cut, but it could be a situation where, look, if he if he plays in week one and doesn't play well, plays in week two and doesn't play well, we could see that playing time start to dwindle a little bit yeah. in favor of other players that maybe they could look to acquire somebody else. I don't know. I mean, he, he was one of the best corners in the NFL, or at least up in that conversation for a couple of years there in Chicago. So hopefully he can regain that form. But, I mean, yeah, it's just somebody I definitely want to see a little more of. But finally – Bobby, you're looking at Ardarius Washington, someone who came off of the PUP list. And again, he hasn't he hasn't played badly or anything. You know, he just came off the list. But I want to see him step up and kind of try to take a role here because I think for me it was there was a one roster spot battle between Geno Stone and Ardarius Washington. Right now, Geno Stone is flashed. He's been the guy who's been yeah. available, who, who has looked the part. But for Ardarius Washington, I mean, this is go time. For him, I think he has to step up in a big way. He has, I loved Ardarius Washington come out of that draft. I think he has a talent to do so. He does. An undrafted guy who has all the potential in the world, but just has not been available when he needs to be, right? Kind of like Ben Cleveland, who potentially has lost out on a potential starting duty at left guard because of not being available. So, you know, as we know, earlier this week, our Darius did come off the, the PUP, which is great for him. Uh, but is it too late? I don't know. He's got a couple weeks. It's a packed room, as we know. It's a packed secondary, and I think there's no question about it right now. As we as we currently sit here, Geno Stone has the upper hand because his tape has flashed, and he's been available. <laughs> yep, Geno Stone's one of the guys we'll talk about in the final segment. So coming up, we're going to be talking about guys who we want to continue to see step up as the preseason continues for Baltimore. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But first, I have a very important message. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As an evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you're thinking you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We're back here with our final seminar locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker. Still here with Bobby Trossett, and Bobby, we talked about some of those players who we just want to see a bit more of, want to hear a bit more out of, but some of the guys who have flashed so far, I want to continue to see them step up, because it can't just be they've had one good preseason game or a couple weeks of camp. They have to continue that hot streak that they've had going into week two, going into week three, and I think on offense, guys who I was really impressed with, three three who stand out, there are others, Justice Hill, Shamar Bridges, Isaiah Likely. How do you feel about those three guys? Oh, man. I mean, Isaiah likely has really lived up to the hype, lived up to the expectation here in the early going. I think, you know, the whole conversation about I should say there's no doubt and there's no question about what Isaiah can do offensively speaking as a playmaker. You know, we saw some of the limitations in the blocking category, which doesn't even worry me in the slightest. I think that is a technique uh, adjustment based on film study and overall preparation that can be easily fixed in practice and in film study. Uh, I thought that Rod Woodson did a great technique literally on Jerry Sandusky, which was pretty funny during the uh, Jerry with the G that is uh, during the preseason broadcast. So I think that's a pretty easy fix. And assuming that he is able to do so, why not believe what John Harbaugh said recently that he's going to be a big part of the offense as a rookie. So 
Um, look, Bridges is making a case, as we know, to be that guy who can be developed, can win you 50-50 balls, has a different body type than every other wide receiver in that room, maybe can be a red zone threat, um, maybe can be your ex. I don't want to go too far, but he is somebody that's deserving of that fifth. We both feel strongly that it's going to be five wide receivers all in all come game day. Uh, I think he's putting, he's making himself known. He's, he's putting, he's, he's making a case for himself. And um, who was your third? And then talking about also Justice Hill. Oh, Justice Hill, a guy that missed all of last year, right? With that torn Achilles. I, I hate that for him because I'm a big Justice fan. And I think he's got, you know, great burst and, and great explosiveness. And he's very shifty. I haven't seen enough of him yet to sort of feel confident that, yeah, he is that guy pre-torn Achilles. But like like we just talked about earlier on in the show, he, he absolutely deserves to be on this team, um, especially with no Gus Edwards available week one, we think. Right. And for me, other guys who I think I want to continue to see step up, Anthony Brown, who played really well as that third quarterback, obviously Baltimore moving on from Brett Hundley, not Tyler Huntley, Brett Hundley. You also have guys in that room like Makai Polk, wide receiver wise, Jalen Moore, Benjamin Victor. Hopefully, you know, guys like Slade Bolden can step up after he missed some time, missed that first preseason game, too. But also on the offensive line, Daniel Falele, who obviously that he's dealing with some swelling according to John Harbaugh. We don't know when he's going to be able to come back, hopefully soon. But we've talked about, you know, Ben Cleveland, Tyree Phillips, Jawan James also. How'd you, how'd you feel that line did? Yeah, the line held up pretty well. Falele even held up pretty well, who saw a lot of time at tackle throughout the preseason game. He logged a lot of snaps. I think it was like 63 snaps. You know, for a guy who was sort of coined as a developmental tackle, um, coming out of Minnesota, I thought that was a good start for him. We don't want to overreact. We always say on the vault, uh, on the Ravens vault, Sarah and I are always, this time of year, we're always like, listen, we, we come right out and say it. You know, don't take anything we're saying too seriously because it is preseason. And these guys are playing at times in the game against second, third, fourth, and so on, so on, stringers. So we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But yeah, um, I was impressed with what I saw from Lele, I was impressed with what I saw from Jawan James, who really was logging his first legitimate meaningful snaps in multiple years, Kevin. So, you know, I, I see him being a depth piece this year. That's obviously hoping and assuming that Ronnie Stanley is going to be good to go. I would expect in the coming days for Ronnie to be placed, or I should say, be activated off the PUP and be more available. So um, it's it's encouraging because as we've figured out last year and we were reminded in 2021 depth is absolutely crucial yep so important and I, I give Baltimore a lot of credit for really showing up their offensive line depth showing up their running back depth even corner the positions that they understood that they got hit so hard at last year they went out there and they did a great job but Bobby moving over to defense we've talked about some of these guys Travis Jones Geno Stone guys who I want to continue to see step up are there any other guys on your mind that you want to see continue yeah, it's not that, and again, I don't think this is, to your point, I don't think this is somebody who, like, needs to do more. I think he's been impressive, but his consistency and continuing to do more will, I, I think, go a long way for a room that desperately needs him, and that's the Dafe Owe. The outside backer room is, let's face it, it's somewhat limited. 
We don't know what the status is of Tyus Bowser, and we don't know ultimately on Sundays coming off his torn Achilles that was sustained very late in last season, what his limitations could very well be. So with that in mind, and the fact that Justin Houston is now 33, and while he was super reliable in 2021, you'd have to think he will be somewhat limited as well when it comes to you know, snap count uh, on any given week. So you know, it's a young room. I think they're really betting on Adafe in a lot of ways. And in year two, coming off offseason shoulder surgery, we have not yet seen any sort of slowing down from him, which is encouraging. He's bounced back well post, post-surgery, post it seems. To me, though, Kevin, can we see significant development from a technique standpoint? He talked about his fastball recently. He talked about his versatility we both know that, and I think he would admit to this as well, that in 2021, he relied on what he was really kind of what became his, I don't know, his go-to at Penn State, his sheer speed and athleticism off the edge. Well, we both know that there's sheer speed and athleticism on the other side of guys that he's going up against. So to me, as he starts to kind of re- refine the tools in his toolkit and bring more technique into his daily um grind that'll the only the the better the only you know that's going to bode well for a guy who let's face it doesn't have a ton of experience under his belt and he's going to be asked to do a lot this year right and Elway got off to a scalding start last year I mean obviously that week two game against Kansas City everybody knows that Clyde Edwards Hilaire punch out he had that pretty much sealed that game for him and he's a guy also that Again, so many people were talking about, oh, he didn't have a sack in his final year at Penn State. How can you take him in the first round? We saw how much of a disruptor he was at Penn State. We saw his ability. And obviously, sacks sometimes don't translate to pure production. There's a lot of other things to go in besides that pure sack number. We saw Owe play one snap. He played one snap in week one against Tennessee, and it was a good snap. He he got pressure on the quarterback. So he's a guy who I I really want to see a lot of good things out of it. And also I want to see Malik Harrison continue to step up. He obviously had a pretty decently up and down game, I'd say against Tennessee in week one, but I I positives outweighed the negatives. Steven means another guy who I think played really well in week one also, but Bobby last question for you. Do you think Baltimore gets 22 straight on Sunday against Arizona? (laughs) Well, we know Lamar is not playing, And I guess it doesn't really matter because John Harbaugh plays to win the game, regardless of whether it's September, August, January, you name it. Um, Yeah, I think they're going to get 22. I mean, the streak, uh, is it ever going to end the way they play? You know, there's a lot of pride that goes into it, you know, and there are guys fighting for their livelihoods out there on the football field. And there's a ton of undrafted rookies that are trying to be this year's guy for the Ravens, being that they're the team that always find them, you know, slipping through the cracks, needles in the haystack, Pat Ricard, Justin Tucker, you name it. You go on and on and name all these guys over the years that, you know, proved to be, and and were really built into such great talents and great success stories, underdogs, really underdog stories in Baltimore. So uh, while it may not be the most entertaining product, it doesn't take away from the the meaningful nature of, of what's going into these preseason games. So, yeah, I think they get the job done. I'm excited to see what Trace McSorley's been up to and in, in his development journey in the NFL. And uh, I can't imagine Marquise is going to log any snaps, but maybe they'll surprise us.
No, Trace, Trace might throw a few on a dime. We, we might see him do that a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's really fun because these preseason games, Bobby, Baltimore doesn't need to have a Lamar Jackson. They don't need to have Mark Andrews out there. They've built the depth, and these guys play hard, right? They, they don't have to start a guy like every superstar player they had because the depth can go out there and do it themselves. They, they can win the game themselves. You have to go back to 2015 for the Ravens' last preseason loss. If they didn't have good depth, they they would have lost, you know, probably in that stretch between then and now where I think yes. for what they have, you can throw out Tyler Huntley, throw out Anthony Brown, the running backs, everything we talked about here today. I'm excited to see you can step up for sure. But Bobby, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Tell us what you have going on over there at the Ravens vault. Super exciting stuff you've been having for this past month. Yeah, Kevin, I appreciate you having me on again. And, and Sarah and I are obviously big fans of, of what you're doing here on the channel and uh, across social media. But um, basically, yeah, I mean, I, I've spent my last few months since leaving local radio in Baltimore kind of just building what what I'm calling my new media empire, you know, that Baltimore sports and beyond is is sort of what I'm I'm going with. And so Sarah and I launched a new podcast called The Ravens Vault, which is available on all platforms. Like you here on the channel, we release uh, Monday through Friday daily content. It's out at 6 a.m. Eastern every single day. And I, I think what's somewhat unique about it is that we crunch it all into 15 minutes. So, you know, whether it's your commute, your time on the treadmill, um, your, your time walking around with a dog, like whatever it might be, it seems to fit okay. So we do that. We, we sprinkle in a couple of your, your more traditional longer form episodes as well with interviews with players, with, um, you know, analysis with Q and a things of that nature. So We've been really looking forward to that. We we've been enjoying it. We are appreciative of of Blue Wire, the the, the podcast network, for welcoming us in. And um, I dabble with YouTube as well. You can just look it up and and find my name here uh, as it's underneath my screen. And uh, you know, I try to be as active as you are. But uh, that podcast, man, it's super demanding. So anyway, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, Sarah and I are gonna run it back with you, brother, and uh, can't wait to kind of sink our teeth into another season. No, I appreciate you as always, Bobby. And again, there, there's so much good Ravens content out there, you know, so the yeah. link to Bobby's podcast and Sarah's podcast and obviously Bobby's YouTube, it'll all be in the description below on YouTube. So be sure you subscribe here as well. Subscribe to Bobby as well. And be sure to follow along with Ravens Vault. A ton of great stuff going on over there. But thank you again, Bobby. I appreciate you hopping on. That's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back in tomorrow, we'll be previewing the Ravens week two preseason game with the Arizona Cardinals. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I will see you right back here tomorrow.